The Giants won 107 games last year. There's no way they were actually that good. But are they really this bad? Let's talk about it. Locked on MLB. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer and Stand-up comedian, writer, sometimes actor, sometimes filmmaker, always special education teacher. And I've been podcasting about baseball for over a decade. I may have seen me on HBO Sports. I don't know. Maybe you saw me on ESPN2 back in the day. I don't know that either. I don't know your viewing habits, but that's why I'm here talking to you about baseball. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMLBPod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Sorry, this podcast's going up a bit late. I had to travel. You may notice I am no longer in the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios in Pasadena, California. I am in the satellite Lockdown MLB studios in Palo Alto, California. That's right. I'm in my childhood room right now. I'm literally recording from a room in my mother's home. I am Every stereotype of a podcaster right now. I'm in my mother's house and I'm recording. But I came up here on my uh, post-COVID haze. I wanted to see some family. And uh, I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to record a show. And so I I missed a chance to talk about some of the the baseball that took place on uh, Tuesday. I want to just go over a couple quick things here. Uh, You know, I had mentioned, I'm not going to go into discussions of things being poked in people's arms. All I'll say is the Cardinals went up to Toronto with a depleted lineup and got their butts kicked. Yeah, it wasn't a one-run game. It was 10-3. to George Springer hit a grand slam. They uh, The Cardinals didn't have their starting first baseman or third baseman. They had a hard time getting something. It was a, it was a, a tie game going into the sixth, 3-3. Three to three. Maybe they could have used an extra bat or two. I don't know. Can't imagine how anything I just said is controversial. Uh, I'll say this is not controversial. The Red Sox can't win a game when they need it. Uh, I'll also say this. The uh, the Subway Series. Yes, I know Stacey Gotsoulias and the folks at Locked On Yankees don't want to hear about it. But you know what? It was a thrilling game, especially with the Yankees hitting back-to-back home runs. And then suddenly the Mets pouring it on with the four runs in the bottom of the second. And, you know, some strange plays, including Francisco Lindor trying to tag and go to third on a, on a fly ball to left. But I, you know who's the real star of that particular game was Diaz. Diaz, Edwin Diaz, has become really one of the best closers in baseball. And he had to pull, you know, four-out save. But I'll tell you where the, the, the real moment where I was impressed by him. The, the Yankees had a runner on first, and Aaron Judge was at the plate. That was a three-run game, so Judge could not tie the game. But he could make it a one-run game, or if he got on base, the, the tying run was going to come to the plate. 
And there was a runner on first. I can't remember who was on first. I think it was um, LeMayhew. Either way, there was a runner on first with one out. It was Orange Juice. And Judge hit a ball back to the mound. And for a second there, it looked like it could have been a game-ending double play. Or the best case scenario, or worst case scenario, he was going to get the lead runner out at second base and, you know, keep the force at second base. Okay. But it looked like it may have been a game-ending double play. And Diaz literally dropped the ball. And that's the correct use of literally. Usually when I say drop the ball, you mean it figured it, meaning he didn't uh, take advantage of the situation. He literally dropped the ball when he was going to throw it back to the whoever was covering second base. It fell out of his hand. And with that, there was runners on first and second with only one out, and Rizzo was coming up, and I think it was Glaber Torres was coming up after him. And it was the exact sort of moment, you're like, oh, boy, here's where the wheels are going to come off. Here's where the wheels are going to come off. And instead, he reached back, and he struck out Rizzo, and he struck out Torres, and won the, the Mets won the game 6-3. to three. And there was just something about that closer mentality that I saw in Diaz, a pitcher who I, I frankly don't know that well as a fan. I have watched a few Met games this year, but I haven't watched them day in and day out. And that sort of toughness of, okay, I made a mistake. I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm just going to strike out the next two batters. Boom, boom. Game was over. And that's a huge game for the Mets for a couple of reasons. Just to win the series, they know the next game, the next uh, uh, Mets-Yankee game is going to be Herman, uh, uh, was it, um, Domingo Herman is going to be pitching for New York, and Max Scherzer is going to be pitching for the Mets. Domingo Herman is pitching for the Yankees, I meant to say which is a gigantic advantage for the Mets. So winning that first game means a chance to win the series comes from Max Scherzer outpitching Domingo Herman. Uh, uh, Domingo Herman, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it up because Herman Marquez of Colorado pitched a very good game the other day. So, like, I have Herman Marquez's name in my head and Domingo Herman's name in my head. Sorry, sometimes my head is absolute scrambled eggs. But that's a big win. That's a big win for the Mets, especially on the heels of the fact that the Braves doubled up the Phillies 6-3. to three. So there you go. Meanwhile, the Giants, uh, by the way, uh, uh, an interesting win, keeping in mind the Cardinals lost that game to Toronto, that the Brewers had a walk-off win. Um, Urias hit a walk-off sack fly. He had a terrific game against Minnesota. And, you know, that's a that's a solid matchup between the two central leaders, the Twins and the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Brewers got the win and padded their lead a little bit against the um, the St. Louis Cardinals. And keep in mind that the Brewers are currently winning. Uh, Rowdy Telez, Rowdy Telez has two three-run home runs in the game that's going on as I'm recording this. Brewers have a 10-3 lead over the Minnesota Twins. And um, pretty soon you're going to have the Blue Jays and the Cardinals pitching. Gossman versus Wainwright, pretty good matchup there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not COVID. I'm, I'm, I tested negative. As of right now, the, uh, the Brewers have opened up a three-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cardinals are hanging on for dear life as they are currently, as I'm recording this, 
tied with Philadelphia for the third wild card spot because the Phillies beat the Braves earlier today. What I'm saying is what I said before, sticking to baseball. Maybe now's the time to try to have your full lineup. Anyway, lots of baseball that's being played right now. Uh, if you root for a Los Angeles team right now, you're very happy because the Dodgers are up 6 nothing, and the Angels are up 4 nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. My God, I swear to God I tested negative the other day. I'm not even going to edit that out. But as it stands right now, we're starting to see that, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are taking advantage of facing depleted teams. They're in the middle of a seven-game winning streak. And what do I say? It's never the wrong time to win seven straight games. It's never the wrong time of the year to do that. As it's going on right now, the uh, Blue Jays have opened up a uh, game-and-a-half lead over Seattle for the top spot in the wild card, which, as I mentioned before, if the Blue Jays clinch the top spot in the for that wild card round, they would play two and maybe three games in Rogers Center in Toronto. So if you have players who don't want to go to Canada for whatever reason, keep in mind that that could mean sitting out the postseason. That's all I'm saying. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind for your team. What kind of team you want. Uh, also, as of right now, also the Padres have a 3-2 lead over the Detroit Tigers. You know, the Padres are a team that are kind of flying under the radar right now. And that, you know, I have what I'm, I'm keeping track of the summer score, which is basically every day that a team is in a position for a playoff spot after Memorial Day. That's when the summer, you know, psychologically begins. And if every day you open up the paper or you check your MLB.com or whatever, you say, how's our team doing? Oh, we're a playoff team. Oh, cool. Every single day since Memorial Day, a Padre fan can claim that. Yeah, we're a playoff team. Hey, there you go. And they they don't really have a chance to catch the L.A. Dodgers. They're like 12 games back in the lost column of them. So they're going to win the division. They're hanging around. You know, the Braves are probably going to be ahead of them. So they'll probably be one of the wild card teams, which means they would play either the Brewers or the Braves in that wild card round. And they're just sitting there, laying in the weeds, playing very good baseball, consistently winning, and they just sit there. And they win their games, and no one's paying attention to them, which makes them officially terrifying. And everyone thought last year was going to be their year. I thought they were going to win the World Series last year. Bob Melvin has come in and kept an even keel. That's what Melvin does. By the way, I'm in Palo Alto right now, which is the birthplace of Bob Melvin. And this is Giants country here, especially this part on the peninsula. This is Giants country. And the Giants should be contenders. The Giants should be a team that's really in the mix. But they're not. I want to talk a little bit about that when we come back. But I want to just say one or two things right here. And first of all, the Giants have given their fans a lot of memories and some rings over recent years. And if you want to make memories and get your loved one a ring, may I recommend 
you use BlueNile.com. If you're ready to pop the question or celebrate a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as the one you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on here 24-7. Available via phone or chat to help you with a memorable gift at any budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships for free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. And thanks again for making Locked On MLB your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd, and Locked On MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked On MLB will have rapid reaction to every move made. So subscribe now to your favorite Locked On MLB team on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. The Giants last year won 107 ball games, And when it was happening, I didn't quite buy it. Oh, they did. I can prove it in a court of law that they won 107 games. They just seemed like a good team that caught every single break. They seemed like a good team, like a 87-88 win team, that every time a game could have bounced one way or the other, seemed to always bounce in their favor. Whether it was catching an Albert Pujols fly ball at the warning track or walk-off errors in the you know extra innings at Oracle Park or whatever the heck they're calling it these days, they won 107 games. The Dodgers won more games than any defending World Series champion in history and had to settle for a wild-card spot. Now, as it's turned out, The Giants and the Dodgers last year were so evenly matched that that continued right into the postseason where a razor-thin division series gave the Dodgers the series by a check swing. I went into this year thinking, this is a 107-win team? Eh, Probably not. I thought they were like a 90-win team, which would mean dropping 17 games in the standings, but I kind of felt that's who they were. I felt that last year was a little bit of a mirage. Well, little did I know that here we are. It is currently the 27th day of July, and the Giants are a sub-500 team. And as I'm recording this, they are playing, I'm sorry, Miller Thomas, the dreadful, and did I mention awful, Arizona Diamondbacks, and they're losing. And they're losing one nothing. Cattel Marte hit a home run. Cattel Marte's a fine player, but still. And the Diamondbacks are doing it. Now, they're getting the Webb is pitching for the Giants. Webb is a good pitcher. But things seem to be unraveling at the seams. They're a sub-500 club with a good pitching staff. And some, you know, they could produce some runs. And nothing's bouncing the Giants this way. So I think the Giants are somewhere in the middle Somewhere in the gray area of a 107-win team and sub-500 after the All-Star break. I think most teams would want to have the San Francisco Giants pitching staff. And in in mid-June, the Giants were a playoff team. They were. You can look it up. They were only five games out of of, uh, uh, the best record in the National League. 
and they wound up going on. They wound up sweeping the L.A. Dodgers. Remember that? Between June 10th and June, uh, 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 was it the 10th, 11th, and 12th, the Giants swept the series against Los Angeles. 7-2, Carlos Rondon finished off the sweep. And after defeating the Royals, they won a series against the Pirates. And then the Pirates had a walk-off win against them on June 19th, and the wheels started coming off. You know, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Well, the wheels on the Giants bus went right into the bay. And since that walk-off win, the Giants have the, uh, was it, the second-worst record in baseball since then. 11-22. and 22. They played 33 games since then. They've lost 22 of them. They're on the verge of losing 23. The only team worse than them in that range were the, and that's since that date, have been the Angels who have lost 20 out of 29 games. That's pretty rotten. But the Giants have played, there's not one single National League team that's played worse than the Giants in the last month. And that makes zero sense to me. Yes, I know they have some injuries. Yes, I know they could use another bat. Yes, I know that they may not have been the 107-win club. Yeah, okay, Brandon Crawford's hurt. Okay, Evan Longoria's hurt. But, you know, Mike Yastrzemski's production has gone into the toilet. Jock Peterson's production has gone into the toilet. Brandon Belt can't hit. And there, no one seems to be picking up the slack. And they have a rotation of Webb. He's a good pitcher. Carlos Rondon, he's a good pitcher. Jacob Junis, he's a good pitcher. The two Alexes, Wood and Cobb, they're talented pitchers. Doval's a decent closer. Every single night, the Giants are putting a decent pitcher on the mound. They're doing it today. And how can a team that is putting a decent pitcher on the mound virtually every night go into such a tailspin? I don't understand. But something kind of, the, the game the other day kind of encapsulated what's happening with the San Francisco Giants. Rodon, who's been a very good pickup, coming over from the Chicago White Sox, had a temper tantrum when he allowed the Diamondbacks to come back the other day, of which he smashed a bat, in which a piece of wood came in and apparently landed in the skin of Tyro Estrada, one of the most, apparently one of the nicest and, and easiest to root for members of the San Francisco Giants. And suddenly that becomes a big incident. Now, of course, Everything was settled behind the scenes, but that to me just strikes me as a metaphor of what's happening with this team. Even when a pitcher pitches all right, and Rodon didn't have a bad game, he, the Giants lost it, but even that re, it results in a bat shattering and injuring his own player. I don't know what to make of this club because I do think the Giants should go for it. And I'll tell you exactly why. I don't think the Giants are this bad. I don't think the Giants are as bad as this team that can't seem to catch a break. Because they have the pitching to do it. Now, as of this recording, even if they wind up losing, and they're on the verge of losing, they'll only be three games back. And who are they three games back of? St. Louis, who have been up and down all year and Philadelphia, who have been so up and down that they've had to change managers. 
it's not like they're chasing the 106-win Dodgers. And I would take the Giants pitching staff over the Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. The Giants could use a bat. One bat, maybe two. But imagine if they go out now, look, I want them to trade for it. What I would love the Giants to do, and hear me out on this, is I want them to start calling up the Angels for Otani. I think Otani would be a huge draw in San Francisco. Huge. Not just because there's a gigantic Japanese population in the Bay Area, but I think he's a charismatic player. I think he's a player who would love hitting here and pitching here. And I think that he would love playing in a park where, you know, it's a great ballpark. It would be a new start for him. He would be, the jerseys would fly off the shelf. And it might give the Giants a little jolt that they need to give them pitching depth, to give them a bat to maybe stir them up, and to maybe tell the team, hey, we haven't stopped believing in you. You don't believe we're going to play the Journey song any minute. The Giants aren't this bad. They weren't that good last year, but they aren't this bad now. And the most dangerous thing is a team with a deep pitching staff who's laying in wait right now. And I lying in wait right now. Sorry about that. I would love them to pull the trigger for Otani. I think it would give the message to the team that we still believe in you. Give the message for the fans, wipe the bad taste out of his mouth. And inevitably, this team is going to have a market correction. And then you have a team in the playoffs with a good pitching staff. And then you roll the dice. Either way, I want them to make a move in their lineup in their, to give their offense a tiny bit of a boost. I would love the Otani blockbuster, but let's see what they do. Because let me tell you something. You have a team with pitching depth. Suddenly that becomes a surefire bet in the postseason. If you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easy way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sport, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device. To learn more about action happening today, Bet Online is where the game starts. All right. Well, I promise to have a, a podcast up tomorrow morning, just running through some of the things going on. Hey, uh, let's start for the Tigers. The Tigers, I you know, I was praising the San Diego Padres for being a, a team that's just sort of lying wait, but Victor Reyes hit a walk-off double. Tigers came back in the bottom of the ninth inning to win that game. So hey started to feel like 1984 with the Tigers defeating San Diego. Uh, as of this recording, the Angels are still pounding the Kansas City Royals. Still no Mike Trout in the lineup. I can't wait to see him come back. I just Baseball is better off that way. But uh, Otani has been on base three times, uh, and what a shocker. He's part of the reason there. Um, we're, as we're recording this, the Brewers still have a huge 10-3 lead on the Twins. That should hold on. 
Uh, Corbin only lasted two-thirds of it in. The Dodgers still have a big 6 nothing lead over uh, the Nationals. Uh, and then the A's have an early lead on the Astros. The Astros are eyeing the Yankees for the best record in the American League, but it's tough for them to do that if they can't pull off a win. Uh, Giants are still losing. Mariners are up on the Rangers. And the one final is the uh, Kyle Gibson and the Philadelphia Phillies defeated Charlie Morton and the defending champion Braves, which is really good news for uh, Mets fans. It's strange that a Phillies win is good for Mets fans, but guess what? It is. Rio Milto drove in a couple of runs. Anytime the Phillies win and beat the Braves, that means a Met victory could give them a little bit more cushion at the top of the NLE. So we're going to cover a lot of this tomorrow. And um, also tomorrow, I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, the star system in baseball and how it mirrors the star system in Hollywood, at least in terms of pitchers, pitchers in baseball, not pitchers in Hollywood. Well, folks, this has been Locked On MLB for the 26th day, 27th day, sorry, of July 2022. I am in my old bedroom in my mother's house. That means I'm winning. I'm your pal, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, look at my lower third. Please call me Sully.